to Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. It's finally pig time, Corey. I feel like we've had a little hiatus with our uh, pig folks. We have a huge guest in the pig industry, uh, huge. Ted Laird with Premium Blend Genetics. So, as you know, we couldn't do this deal if it wasn't for a couple of our very, very good friends, as we say every week. Walton Webcasting, folks, you know they are a huge part of what we do here. Go to waltonwebcasting.com to see every single major event that you should have been at. And if you were there, you get to rewatch it. If you weren't there, you get to go to the archives and look at all the events that they were. They have a little bit of a break now, Corey, and they're going to start jumping yep. into some December shows. So make sure you subscribe. You have to subscribe to Walton Webcasting, dig into the archives, because not only do they have a bunch of shows, but they have cool segments like... Love our friend Greg there at Walton Webcasting. So, once again, www.waltonwebcasting.com. If you don't know how to spell Walton Webcasting, just Google it. <laughs> just <laughs> tell Siri. She'll get it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, listen, folks. It is November, and there's something special going on. Oh, there is. Folks, during the month of November... You can get a special custom email blast package from showpig.com. You like that? (laughs) (laughs) Super cost effective. Uh, Listen, there's cost less than two cents per email impression. Two cents. Two cents. Here's my two cents. That was terrible. I'm waiting for it. You can reach (laughs) 20,000 unique, unique, 20,000. Unique swine-only emails. That's right, you show pig people out there trying to sell your November pigs that are born in November. (laughs) How's it coming? (laughs) It's not great. Um, You can promote that upcoming sale. Heck, if you got a new product or service, say you maybe you're you're custom welding some waters. I don't know. Yeah, you got a little you got a little equipment sale that you want to go on. That's right. Whatever you got. Send out 20,000 unique swine-only emails. Folks, this is a deal of a lifetime. It's $275 per email blast, or it's $475 for two email blasts. Well, that's a deal. It works. Folks, the normal price for this is $325 per email blast. You spend an extra $150, bucks and you can get two. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Let's do it. November special email blast package from showpig.com. Gosh, those guys are getting Man, it. They are getting it. I uh, uh, Speaking of, um, I feel like we should uh, you know, let the people know what we've been up to. Uh, no, we spe- speaking, of, we speaking of showpig.com, I spent, uh, well, this is yesterday, well, two days ago. So Monday night, they had the memorabilia uh, sale. And oh, yeah. that is like, uh, I'm like a kid at Christmas. Cause I wanted everything and Kevin is, I, Kevin went, he got me started into this memorabilia stuff. So I did buy things on showpig.com of course. So, um, yeah, but, uh, anything specific or interesting or fun that you've been up to Corey? Well, I'm officially moved in 
to Indiana. Oh, you're an Indianian again. I'm an Indianian, and I appreciate. I, I like Indianian better than Hoosier. I think. Yeah. Uh, I like the movie Hoosiers. Yes. But uh, you know, I think being an Indianian just makes me feel more comfortable. I'm just super excited that we're in the same time zone now. Uh, man. You, so Trevor and I always have to schedule these these calls and stuff, and and we have to, you know, Trevor has to be thinking on on Central Time, and I have to be thinking on Eastern Time, and. Now we're both on Eastern time, so yeah. it's really handy. And we've we've had some confusion at first of trying like, oh crap, I'm an hour late. Sorry, I thought we were on so and so time. But yeah, oh, it's it's a closer drive. Everything is just going to yeah. work out. It's exciting. You know, stuff. it's even better. You know, speaking of close drives, um, I'm only like an hour and a half from Louisville now. Oh, buddy. Which leads me into my next point that I want to bring up. Drum roll, please. Do you have a drum roll? I don't think do you have a I drum do. Drum roll button? I don't. Oh my! Um, but we could do this. Oh, there it is. Uh, we're going to be in Louisville. In case you guys haven't seen it on our Facebook page, with a live episode on November eighteenth, after the senior college critique. So, what that means for you is if you come to Louisville. Uh, and you're going to be there the 18th. You can get yourself a nice little cocktail or brew, hang out, drink, listen to us, talk to with Brian Arnold about who knows what. Oh. Uh, send us in your topics. I mean, Brian Arnold is a unique character in our industry that uh, deserves some good topics of discussion. So if you got anything that you want to talk about or want us to talk about with him, let us know. Yeah, and this yeah. is open to the public. It happens right after the Senior College Critique. It'll pr- it'll yep. be in room B105, so mark that down on your hand. If you're out in the barn, put it in your notes on your phone, because everybody needs to be in Louisville November 18th, immediately following Senior College Critique. He just said it, but I'm just going to say it again. Yeah. We just, you know, repetition is key. Yes. Well, the other thing is, too, is, you know, maybe let's just, you know, for you Senior College kids, it's your last contest. Uh Either way, you're going to need to celebrate and have some drinks anyway. Yes. So might as well just do that and hang out with us uh, if you'd like. I mean, maybe you just got your your butt reamed for, you know, sampling a market lame class. Or or maybe you just found out you dropped 12, like two points. You know, whatever. That's, true. That's cool. That is true. Um, all reasons to grab yourself a cold beverage and uh, come listen to some industry discussion. We will have merch. 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 So, yeah, Louisville. November 18th, super pumped about that. We have some, oh my gosh. Dude, the past two weeks have been absolutely insane. The oh amount of people reaching out to us, doing uh-huh. amazing things. I, I want amazing. to pop the cork so so much, but I won't. We don't, but we don't know. We got we we'll to have these for sure answers from I know. these people. I know. Uh, folks, we are talking to some serious, serious players in our industry, and it's really exciting. Yes. Um, um I will say oh, this. Have we broke the news yet about uh, what's going to happen in uh, uh, 2020? No. While it's cold outside. But I am pumped. Coming. We might as well just tell them. Um, folks, we are going to be in the yards in Denver in the bull display with Mr. Matt Lautner Cattle himself, Matt Lautner. On the Mile High City, folks. National Western Stock Show. That one is going to be January 17th at noon in yeah. the Matt Lautner cattle stalls. Yeah. So I know and we then got the next day, the next day we're going to have a little, uh, little uh, 
Show Cattle Roundtable. Yeah, why not? We're there. Yeah, yeah. We're, Super We're going to be there. Might as well. Louisville um, this month. Denver in a couple months. Man, I don't think it gets much exciting better. Exciting times. Exciting times. This is, this is like Christmas for Stock Talk. Oh, so, big time. This is great. We're excited. Uh, we also... Oh man, I can't announce it. We just because we don't know. Yeah, we don't. I know there's so well, many listen, things. If you if you want if you want some inside information on what we're working on for 2020, uh, you're gonna have to either have our personal numbers, <laughs> or you're just gonna have to wait till we release it. Or just stay tuned on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat because we tend to leak things out every once in a while, and yep. you just, may just see some extent. stuff. So there's, I mean, my head is exploding and spinning. We've been having a bunch of meetings, Corey and I have, with some really awesome people. So, woof. First and foremost, a couple weeks away, let's get to Louisville. Let's have a party. Yes. Let's listen to some really interesting conversation with Brian Arnold. But before we do that, we have another interesting conversation with another pig individual that I just mentioned to you guys at the beginning of this episode Ted Laird. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about a man that has owned several show pigs in his day. But more than that, he used to be an engineer for Rolls-Royce, believe it or not. He has had his fill of show pigs and show cars. Welcome to the show, Mr. Ted Laird. Well, Ted, we are absolutely excited about this one. I think we're excited about all of them, Corey. But uh, this is one that I've been looking forward to uh, just because I am a pig guy and I get a little nerdy when I talk about pigs. So we have Ted Laird (laughs) with us and uh, we want to know everything there needs to be known with premium blend genetics. So before we jump into that topic, just tell us a little bit about the the history behind premium blend and kind of where you're from and the whole kit and caboodle. Okay. Um, uh, where I'm from, I grew up in Waldron, which is uh, uh, Waldron, Indiana, just south of uh, Indianapolis there, southeast a little bit. And uh, we currently live in Arlington, which is about 30 miles due east of Indianapolis. So that's where uh, uh, myself and all the kids live now. Um, have four children, uh, Jacob, uh, my oldest son, Morgan, my daughter than Nolan middle son and Mitchell is uh is uh, my youngest son and then uh, our second family son is Garrett Cole who's been with us for <laughs> since 2012 well since we started um so and then I'm married to uh, Regina who is a 50% owner of premium blend genetics so that's kind of where we stand now how we got started uh my grandfather uh, Chester Meal started uh, Home Place Farm in 1916, raising Poland's, and uh, was extremely successful. He had uh, uh, four grand overall barrows in Indiana and three in a row, which is, wow. as far as I know, the most, most grand overall barrows uh, anybody's ever had uh, in one family. So he was uh, pretty dominant, worked for the Poland China Association for a while, and uh, so that's kind of where we got started. And then my dad, Bill Laird, uh, uh, started Bill Laird and Family Show Pigs with uh, buying a Poland off uh, his father-in-law, which he married my mom, uh, Faith, and and uh, who was Chester's daughter. So uh, 
he bought his first uh, boars and gilts off of off of his father-in-law Chester, um, and then uh, myself and my two brothers and my sister showed uh, uh, there in the '70s and early '80s, and uh, uh, did relatively well as, uh, also. And then uh, I started Ted Laird uh, Hampshire's in 1981. Uh, my sister had a Poland China bear that made uh, the oh they used to call it the, the anyway the sale uh, top five bear sale at Indiana State Fair, um, and uh, so I got half of that money and I bought my first Hampshire's, uh, and that was kind of has always been my passion and and uh, so I did that for uh, well since since 81 so we're going on 38 years of, of myself uh you know having my own stuff ted who um, are those who are those first hampshires from uh the first hampshire uh guilt was uh from oh gosh dang um you're killing me here well it's been it's been a little time i'll give you a break yeah but it is kind of interesting because i can't imagine i forgot that because i got i got really lucky because i uh I bought a hamster gilt from our uh, Dania State Fair. Oh no, I know Larry Rule. Gosh dang, yeah. Okay. Know good, no, Larry Rule. Larry Rule at the there was used to have a state sale. It wasn't at the state fair, so there was Indiana State Sale, and she was the uh, reserve champion. So I bred her, or uh, so I bought her. Um, it was kind of funny their story there because we were sitting, uh, which I'd been. You know, since I was born, I was raising pigs. I was there with my father and my, at the time, girlfriend, who's <laughs> now my wife, Regina. And uh, Mark Mark Pickle was auctioneering. And when I bought her, he said, there's a young man with his parents who just bought his first pig. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's funny. So one funny that he, he thought my, my girlfriend, who was, uh, I don't know, 18 at the time, was my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, so <laughs> kind of humorous. But anyway, then uh, John Fox uh, had had purchased the uh, champion boar at the state fair from Ken Doral, and he offered the breeder for free, which he did. And then the next year, I came back, and I I think I went one, two, and four, and sold those gilts uh, really well. Uh, so you know, kind of kind of the dream start to the deal, and I was pretty hooked. But I I still you know a good an awesome Hampshire boar guilt walking through the ring is still trips my trigger about as much as anything. Oh yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's a struggle. We're still trying to get back into it, you know, bigger. And uh, so, you know, I'm not giving up on that dream, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it certainly can be tough right now. So anyway, that's, that's how I got started and where I got started. And, and uh, that's cool. I'll kind of follow that up. I bought a, bread guilt from stan martin's that was bred to kalijah and uh yeah. and uh who was absolutely just uh completely dominant in the hamps at that point and and that guilt uh had a guilt that was in the top selling the next year uh and and uh oh uh bought her which you know i think road balls one of my pigs was pretty cool so yeah. <laughs> anyway that's, that's kind of how i got started with things so uh, uh what kind of yeah go ahead 
what led into the boar stud? You kind of said you were that was the, like your show pig start and all that. Was there mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. one one intact male you kept around and it exploded, or what's the story with the uh, the boar stud? Yeah, what happened there is we had a sow uh, named Miss Hathaway who. Um, kind of interesting story there. I'm sorry if I'm long winded, but there's just so <laughs> many weird, weird things you look back on, but uh, <laughs> we love the stories. My dad, my dad, when, I mean, my dad believed in great females as much as anybody I ever knew, uh, invest in the absolute best one you possibly can, um, as opposed to buying three or four, you know, for the same money. So anyway, um, he was determined uh, that he was going to buy the Foundation Burke Gilt um, at the uh, Team Purebred sale. And uh, this was when nobody bought Burks. <laughs> so I went, I went with him to try to, I'm dead serious, went with him to try to convince him not to buy her. And uh, <laughs> so I'm in the truck with him. And, and kind of the other interesting part there is we, it was an ice storm. And most people that went there will remember that ice storm. It, it was in Lafayette. And we get just out of Shelbyville, which is about 10 miles away. And we get on a, on a overpass and the trailers literally sliding along. Oh no. Beside us, but we kept going. So you just think of number one, if, if we had decided to turn around or number two, if, uh, you know, if I had to, uh, convinced him not to buy her, uh, uh, you know, things wouldn't be where they are today. So anyway, <laughs> kept, we bought, kept we rolling bought in her. the ice storm regardless. He's, but he was bound exactly. to determine. <laughs> you know how, you know how people are addicted. It's amazing <laughs> the addiction this is, but, but anyway, so that sow went on and she had a, just an incredible run, uh, for us and others. And, uh, so we had two young boars, um, that we saved and thought were really good. And we were going to start, uh, you know, breeding our own, but also selling a little bit of semen on the side. And Jake was just getting ready to graduate, uh, from IU. So we said, hey, you know, we can kind of do do this on the side. And uh, so anyway, um, we were doing that. And then I had a good friend, uh, Chris Jones, uh, down in Texas that had a pair of uh, Berkshire young males because they can show boars till they're like 125. And they'd just been winning everything and like overalls and stuff. So he got a hold of me and said, hey, I hear you're starting this. Would you be interested in it? So I kind of let it go and thought, you know, I don't know how serious we're going to do this. And then, oh, they kept winning and he got back with me and said, what do you think? And I said, well, you know, I'd, I'd be interested for sure. Um, so they kept winning. Joe, Kyle Stevens was interested in, in one of the pair. And, uh, it was the, the, the one he got, he thought was the negative because they knew one of them test, Chris had tested them and one was a negative, one was carrier. So Kyle got the one he thought was a negative, and then you know Chris was was going to cut the other one to win, uh, try to win a bear show down there in, in Texas, uh, which is where Chris is from. So, um, so they had a family vote of whether to cut that bear or to or to send him up here or that boar and send him up here, and uh, it was a tie. But uh, Chris's wife. Uh, said no she's going to ted up north so anyway so he came up here and that boar became superman oh wow holy cow who was who was completely i mean just absolutely i mean there were lots of great berkshire boars but he certainly i mean his him and and then superfly's son were just uh incredible for us so anyway uh the kind of the other interesting i mean it's just amazing to look back at the number of things that that turned right for us but uh 
then they find out we so we submit the dna because you have to if you buy a boar you still have to do the dna and and we find out we had sent in a bunch of them because right before duncan and i get a call and they said they're all negative and i said what do you mean they're all negative <laughs> and she said they're all negative and i said holy cow so <laughs> superman who got used really well when he, people thought he was a carrier i mean then it was just game on when we found out he was a yeah he was a negative so uh you know, just, just kind of the crazy things that, that turned right for us and uh, really got us going. So anyway, then when we, when we saw Superman, uh, you know, we kind of knew we had to go pretty hard at it because he deserved to be at a, you know, someplace where, uh, you know, he just deserved to be, uh, somewhere that people respected and knew about. So anyway, so, so then I, uh, happened to be seeing it, watching a video of a pig, or on YouTube and uh, uh, saw a video of uh, Ty Goss walking bone collector across the screen. Mm. And uh, I just thought that was probably the most unique thing I had seen. Uh, you know, at the time pigs were kind of a little low fronted and head down and, and he just absolutely, you know, just naturally just had his head up and strutted. And, and uh, so he, he kind of changed, you know, I just think not, not just his pigs, but kind of the style of pigs, people were looking for, you know, something that was really showy and, and upheaded and strutted. And, you know, I think it kind of changed, uh, like I say, not just his offspring, but I think the selection process of what people looked for in boars and breeding stock, uh, as far as really looking for something with that show presence and natural head carriage. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, so, uh, to, to hit your first two boars being Superman and, and bone collector just, I mean, the odds against that are just <laughs> astronomical. So, you didn't have a below uh, average start, so that's good. <laughs> no, and then, you know, and that's a big deal to get to. You know, you, you got to earn trust and and get you know the right sales bred your boars. So you know, not just that they did well, but it created a an avenue for us to get into some pretty major breeders and and you know show we could produce quality semen and settle sales and stuff like that so right so pretty amazing start what, what's crazy what's crazy is it and maybe a, a lot of people that are are newer to raising hogs or whatever don't don't understand the fact that premium blend as a brand is still pretty young um yeah. and and so tell us kind of you know what's the size and scope of pbg today you know, how many boars and, and breeds and, yeah. and all that you guys got. Sure. I mean, I mean, Ted, I think you guys have bought a hundred thousand boars in the last two years. So <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> um, well, uh, premium blend started in 2012. Uh, and like I said, we started with those two boars in the spring. And then by, I think that fall, we probably had 15 to 16. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, Oh, right now we're at about 70-ish, 75. I mean, with the young boars we just bought, we're up to probably 90. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that'll trim back uh, by spring or next summer. So well, um, Garrett's got some strong got, forearms, doesn't he? <laughs> there you go, exactly. <laughs> strong forearms, big, you know, strong back. So, uh, uh, so anyway, it's uh, we've got every breed. Uh, 
well, not like red bottles or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's and coming down the pike, maybe. <laughs> uh, you never know, and we'll buy them if people are showing them. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we have every breed, uh, every team purebred, and and uh, NSR breed. So, wow, uh, about half for crosses right now. Uh, yep, and uh, that's uh, kind of something we love to do. We love to do them all. Now, so here here's another question. Based on your crossbred mm-hmm. boars, what never before mm-hmm. has done for you guys, you know, since, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the age of, of visionary and stuff, how many, mm-hmm. how many sons have you guys put back in stud since, since you've had never before? Never before. Oh, I've got before now, now or never in game. Probably forgetting one. Uh, so so a handful at least so four yeah four four so yeah huh. cool yeah so yep. uh everybody knows you for your boars that's that's no surprise there do you guys have mm-hmm. much uh or how many sows do you have or do you work on your show pig program alongside the boars yeah we've uh and i think we'll touch on this later but the boar stud thing's pretty all-consuming especially during times when the spring sale and and pig prep and breeding times are like you know while we're you know doing a death march from october or first of august through first of november you're you know that's still the time you're trying to get sows bred and heat check and right and things like that so but anyway the new boar barn we we uh, moved into uh last february has 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 freed things up quite a bit as far as needing to you know get things fixed up and Mm-hmm. makes things a lot easier to clean and things like that but anyway so so we've really concentrated here in the last year of laying in some some elite females and uh, uh had a had a pretty good summer there with you know seven eight letters and uh as far as selling and getting them in some great hands but uh um we've probably got around 35 bread for next uh spring so i think okay. uh you know god willing and things working out right uh I think we're going to have a pretty, uh, pretty stout set. So Good. something we love to do. It's just something we haven't been able to, I know it sounds bad to think, you know, Hey, you're around there all day, but, uh, but that boar stud thing is pretty, pretty all consuming. Uh, so yeah. uh, we've hired all on, um, uh, Mitchell joined us full time, a youngest son this summer. And then my daughter Morgan just joined us here in August. So that's, uh, uh has freed up a lot of things and, and freed, uh, given us a little more time to, concentrate on other things so uh so we're, we think we're finally staffed where we need to be and and uh getting facilities uh closer to where we need to be on the south side and you know got some plans to build some stuff there but yeah uh, cool so yeah we we uh i mean that's what what drives everybody in here is wanting to be able to breed hogs and uh, see yeah. what you can produce so we've we've always had that passion and i think we've got like i say some some resources and things in place to hit that really really hard we hope good cool that's awesome well sorry to interrupt you from the stock talk podcast but uh, just wanted to know if you got a diesel truck and if you do you have to check out fleece performance engineering they have a complete lineup of race proven products For your truck, everything from their famous drop-in Cheetah turbochargers for Cummins, Duramax, and Powerstroke, 
all three of them, to inject pumps, to injection pumps, lift pumps, and cylinder heads. Gotta get with the guys at Fleece Performance Engineering. Use promo code STOCKTALK and get 10% off your purchase when you go to Fleece Performance Engineering. If you go on our new website, there's a link there. Click the link and you're in business. Now, let's get back to the conversation with Ted. So, uh, one of the most amazing things, I mean, I've, I was a pig kid, still am, and I've grown up and around the boar stud. It's, it's amazing that you, if I look up to the guys that I do, how they assess values of boars. So I want to kind of pick your brain on, uh, you know, you're, there's no secret that you guys have made huge investments in, vo- in boars. And what's the buying process or what's the thought in the business meeting that you guys have of what is it going to take to own that one and how much is it going to cost or is there no limit? What's the what's the thought process when when <laughs> no when, limit when like trying that. to get this? I don't this. know what the limit is. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I'll. Uh, I mean, it's it's a process, um, and at least from this from we we talk about it fairly regularly and think about it all the time. Is is where do we stand? You know, in each breed uh from i mean you always want to have something elite i shouldn't say we always want to have something elite that fits every sow as best possible in every breed Mm -hmm. um so we are constantly looking at where are we you know where do we feel good as far as uh phenotypically you know do we need you know we have something that fits big frame sows large frame sows something i'll add bones something that'll chill up you know, chill mass out that'll add a clean look that'll stout and wanna I mean you're just looking at you know and down things like you know you want to have some blues you want to have some chromes you want to have some mm. uh colored up ones I mean because there's you know there's a market for all that and you want to be able to have you know you want you want to be that one-stop shop because people hate shipping yeah <laughs> you know and I did too but I mean it's just spend a lot of money on boards, but they hate that shipping. So, uh, and I understand that completely. So, you, you know, you're just looking for, you know, want to have that one they're calling for, cause then they're probably going to add, you know what I mean? I need this and this and this. So, right. So that, that's the pregame to all that. And that's kind of the, you know, where we're sitting all the time is thinking where, you know, where are our strengths, where are our advantages? Um, where do we, you know, where are we, needing to add something you know what bloodlines what breeders what areas of the country so um so that's kind of where you uh kind of pre-plan you know the the, the spring uh or the beginning of the year of making a plan on breed and and things like that so uh after that then it's you know we've got a you know we've built up a pretty good network of some of the really established breeders that uh you know, that we've, we've uh, built great relationships with and that uh, have come to trust us to, you know, kind of take care of the boars and get them bred to great sows. So uh, that's been extremely helpful uh, and extremely valuable for us. Um, and then we've got a great network of, of eyes and ears around the country uh, that, that are, you know, we feel really comfortable that can kind of give us a heads up. Um, as far as value, I mean, it's, it's science and it's art both. Um, 
Um, but I will say, you know, I've, I've never made a purchase that we didn't feel like made us money somehow. Right. Um, there's never been a, you know, I'll call it a, a get you purchase or a gotcha purchase or a vanity purchase, uh, bores or gills. Everything's uh, made to, in the end, to make us profit somehow. So, uh, so you you're going in, you know, looking, saying, how can I make a profit on this bore? How's he fill a niche? How will he sell more semen? How will he fill a box? Um, and there it's just, you know, at this point, it's, it's, uh, it's just, uh, you know, we know what our sales have been. We know what bores can do. Uh, we know what breeds, you know, I shouldn't say no. We think we have a feel for, you know, what's available out there, you know, in the breed and, and, uh, you know, you're, you're constantly talking to the guys around the country, you know, what's winning in your area, what, you know, what mm-hmm. breeders, what exhibitors, what colors, what types, what right. fires. So, um, right. you're yeah. looking at that and then that, you know, and then you're, you know, you just, you just got to have a feel for, for, uh, you know, I think he can sell this many doses and I think he can produce this many, produce this many wins and, and, uh. Um, so on the, you know, I, I wish I could, I wish I could give you a straight answer, you yeah. know, not a straight, but, a you know, a defined, you know, uh, answer, but I mean, it's a, it's, I mean, this game's a gamble. I mean, you, oh yeah, you don't know how many doses they're going to produce. You don't know if they're going to produce four doses or 24. Right. Know? I mean, it's so, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's playing the lottery every time. Oh, no doubt. And another question that kind of bounces off of that is, I think it's fascinating where uh, on the customer level, some of them, they say, oh my gosh, did you see so-and-so bought that boar for this amount of money? And they feel like they have to have semen before they even saw the picture. So what's your opinion uh, behind the, you know, buying it for large amounts of money to gain popularity versus ones that are good or maybe cheaper. Uh, do you think that's a marketing strategy or, you know, do you think really they're, you're invested anyway and you plan on getting your return on that? Um, there is certainly uh, good or bad. I mean, you can cuss it or discuss it or love it however you want, but uh, there is certainly um a demand for the popular boars uh-huh. and the high selling boars. And that goes, that is fed and, uh, I guess I'd say gains credibility on when you go to online sales. I mean, you know, what are one of the first questions you ask when you're looking at something? What's the out of? What's the out of? So, you know, from the, from the breeders we're working with, um, you know, they, they tend to, and to realize that, you know, it's sure it makes them a lot easier to sell if they're out of some pot. They got to be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it got to be good. It, it doesn't, you know, nothing works if they're not good. You're not going to fool people by paying next dollars. Uh, but, but if they're good and they're, you know, and they've got hype with them, um, you know, that's when you hit the lottery. Right. So, uh, um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, so I don't know. It, 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 you know, you, you know, the windows, you know, it's wide open. I mean, you got access to every bore you want and, uh, you know, there's, there's females that are being sold, uh, that are really good, but, uh, you know, certainly, uh, 
you know, it's more of a challenge to send, you know, to sell a, a high dollar pig out of a, out of a, you know, a boar you raised at home. Uh-huh. Uh, not that it can't mm-hmm. be done, yeah. but uh, certainly be challenging. You know, not only challenging to get, you know, sell semen, but then, you know, if there's a good one to get them into the right, you know, into the right feeder's hands because, you know, they're gambling all their time and energy on, on something and they're looking to get something that's, you know, not just high dollar, but backed by the right boars and backed right. by the right females that have produced stuff in the future or in the past. And, you know, the past is a really good predictor of the future in this deal. So, yeah, uh, no doubt. Um, so Can we put that uh, on a t-shirt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I think we just did. Maybe that'll be a boars, a boars name. So there you go. There you go. Hashtag. Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, all right, Ted. We're going to jump into a little bit of a segment we like to call Topics from a Hat. All righty. Topics from a Hat brought to you by Fierce Threads. The only apparel that we use is embroidered and screen printed from the good folks at, folks at Fierce Threads. Man, I was just getting good at this. <laughs> Fierce Threads, your number one source at high-quality screen printing and embroidery. Put your business success at the forefront and upgrade your apparel today with Fierce Threads. Visit fierce-threads.com. Man, Eric sends us an absolute heater. This is this is what this is, I... This is the perfect topic for Ted Laird. Yes, that's what I was like. Holy crap. So uh, he puts it on Instagram. Uh, I put a little <laughs> sticker out there, and he wouldn't, he wanted to, to send me a message. So... Um, I love this discussion. So private treaty purchases are becoming more popular, but it comes with advantages and disadvantages. Some say that they don't get the exposure if they were to be exhibited and sold at a show. So is it worth buying private treaty from that aspect, or do you gamble and see what they come for in the show? Um, I guess I'd start off with, I mean, we do both. We, we buy them where they are. Um, I mean, we've bought obviously some massively high dollared ones, private treaty, and we bought some massively high dollared ones, uh, at auction. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we bought record selling poem board this year at summer type for 65. We bought the uh, $170,000 Burke board last year at summer type. And we bought quite a few high dollar gilts. So, I mean, we, we certainly, uh, love to buy them at a show. I mean, that's your, when it all comes together um, and you got a great one at the show, uh, obviously that's, that's kind of the dream scenario. Um, but I mean, the trend is what the trend is. And uh, uh, you know, there were obviously private tree purchases way before premium blend started. Mm-hmm. And there will be, if, if we, if we go away, there'll, there'll still be them. Um, I guess I think the thing that's changed you know, here in the last three, four years is, is just, the the, the massively high dollar ones, a private treaty. Um, and, you know, I think it's, you know, obviously, um, it lends itself to the, to the major breeders, uh, who can, who can kind of make their own call on, you know, I'm not going to go to a show uh-huh. and I've got the, the history and the success behind my operation and my sow herd and my boar uh, genetics that, you know, that I can make that decision. And I know that there's going to be seven, eight, nine studs that are going to come and take a look. And some of them are going to be willing to pay, you know, a fairly good amount for them. So, 
Um, you know, the challenge is, and, 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 and we certainly understand, and we very much know the breeding stock shows, we want them to thrive. Um, it's a major place where people can see what genetics are. Um, but I don't, I don't realistically predict it's going to get back to where it used to be as far as being the outlet. Um, I think the, the junior shows are where the, you know, the, the national stuff is going to be really important. And I think, uh, you know, I think the, the guilt sales, I think the bread guilt sales especially will be, you know, become increasingly, uh, uh, a bigger part of of what used to be the major bore deal, but uh, um, the the advantages and disadvantages. Uh, you know, I guess I'll go from from a seller standpoint first. Is is why do you guys want to? You know, everybody says why don't you just bring them to the show? You know, they're going to be worth more to show. Um, well, there, there's a couple of real obvious reasons. Uh, one is uh, what if that boar doesn't eat huh. what if he decides he's a boar and doesn't touch a drop of food from the time he gets there till he shows and and uh, when he gets in that ring what the people see in that ring is what the people think that boar is i mean you mm-hmm. can you can you can say all day oh he hadn't eaten he just doesn't look as full as he did it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. you know I mean, to the vast, vast, vast majority, that boar is what that boar looks like when he walks in that ring. Yep. Yep. So, so that's, that's a major risk that breeders that are at extremely high levels can avoid by having that pig walk, you know, 15 feet out of his pen, walk in the grass and just have people look at him there. Right. In the comfort um, of his own pen. Yeah, right. He hasn't moved. He's eaten what he's eaten. He's hadn't traveled. He hasn't been on a trailer, uh, which is obviously goes along with with not eating. Is what if he gets hurt? Mm-hmm. You know, what if he uh, catches a uh, you know catches a dew claw or or you know cuts his pad? So then you know again you're you know you've 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 put into risk what doesn't have to be put into risk if you sell at home. Uh, and then you get into things like, you know, what if, uh, you know, a judge doesn't care for him and that, that's not as big a risk as if, what if a judge says something, you know, really specific, what if he says, Hey, is right. Hawk swollen. You know what I mean? Right, something right. like that. If he just doesn't like him, that's fine. I mean, the record selling board we bought in Poland, I think was fourth and that, you know, that's fine. And, yeah. that's, you know, some, some high selling boards aren't made to win a class or win champion that they're you know they're unique in some way but they're they're also not that completely can win so but so that doesn't you know as far as the judge just not liking him but but if there's something very specifically or very specific that he points out that he thinks you know it may or may not be there i don't you know i'm not saying that but if you know that 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 board's been hurt you know his value has been has been challenged or, you know, is probably diminished somewhat there. So, and then you get into the 15% commission. So from a seller standpoint, you know, that's why those guys, in my opinion, are doing, and that's what we hear from them. Uh, and I guess the last one is they want to, 
they want to control where he goes. They want to know they can get semen on him. They want to know that they, you know, can get semen from somewhere that, you know, they feel comfortable that they can get sow settled. So, um, so, you know, I don't, I don't see that changing from a, from the, you know, the, this, the major, I shouldn't say it that way. The, the elite breeders that can, that can say, Hey, if you want my boar, you're going to come to my farm. Um, so, uh, I don't see that changing. So if it's not going to change, you adapt and you do what you have to do. And, uh, so, um, you know, we, like I say, we buy them wherever they are. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, uh, I think we talked about, you know, how do you know what he's worth if he's not an option? Um, right. And a show. Um, and that's really, you know, it's really more of a danger from our experience um, that you can get caught up in some pretty serious hype at a show. Um, and then uh, if you're not really careful, you know what I mean? And, and, and talking to each other a bunch about, you know, is this really what we're seeing, you know, and not just listening to the, you know, to a judge, you know, some of the judges can really, you know, and, that, and that's their job is to really build some hype around boars. Cause that's, you know, that's obviously part of the game is, is making feel people feel positive about the boars that are in the shows. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like I say, you can get, you can, you gotta really be careful about, you know, over, overvaluing uh, the hype that's kind of, self generated, you know, uh, or feeds upon itself at a show like that. So from a, um, from a private perspective, what mm-hmm. I find is interesting. I mean, you hear stories, you know, people talk all the time about how these deals go down and, and what's said and what's done, you know, amongst the boar studs, you know, communicating with each other, communicating then with the seller, uh, of, of those boars, stuff like that. Um, what I mean, what seems to be the the typical, you know, is it just a, a text thread, you know, bid off kind of thing, phone bid, that sort mm-hmm. of deal? Right. Uh, there's there's different. Um, I guess there's two. Well, I think about that, how many different ways, but uh, most of them seem to be going. I guess this year, from what we've what we've been involved with, is they'll, you know, they'll start a bore at we'll say 10,000 and they'll just, they'll have a text thread and they'll say, uh, who's in at 10. And then everybody replies, not, it's not a group thread, but he sends out a text uh, or they send out a text to everybody that's involved. You know, he's at 10. Are you in? And presuming more than one says, yeah, I'm in then. Okay. Next steps, 12, five who's in. Gotcha. And then it just kind of keeps building from that. So, you know, as far as private bid offs, I guess that's kind of the, the way we like it. There's, there's others that do it by phone calls and say, okay, study B C is in at 10, you need to be 15, you know? Um, okay. Now they're in at 20, you need to be 25. And um, so. Must be, it's gotta be nice to have the, Got to be nice to have the text so you can at least see, you know, you have a paper right. trail a little bit. You or know. at least have time to think right. about it before you pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah, and it just, you know, I guess that way I like is, you know, you're not getting, you know, everybody's got a chance to be in at a certain number. You know, yeah. you're not having to try to worry what order, you know, I, you know, I need to, you know, jump 
to here because I know I'm going to end it here and, you know, there's three more steps till I get there. So, um, you know, you can be talking $10,000 depending, you know, 10, 15 on what order you're in. Cause there can be, you know, three, four or five guys still in and let's say you're in at 15 and they're going in five. So by the time they get back to you, your next chance is 30. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, so that's kind of why we like the, the who all is in at this number and go from there. So, but you know, it's that guy's sale and he can, he can run it how he wants. And yeah. And then you go from there. It's intriguing. Um, yeah. so it's, uh, <laughs> it was interesting right before expo. Cause there were, yeah, that's what I was about to there say. There were gonna... a bunch going on all yeah. at once, and some of them were doing it. You know, they, some of them were on, done in about an hour to two, and there were some that went on for four or five days. So oh, wow. You're, you're not just balancing what this literally. I mean, some of them, yeah, went wow. about five days. So you're you're balancing, okay, I'm in here on this, but I'm here on this. And, you know what I mean? So you're playing multiple. It's like 3D chess. You yeah. Know, when you're playing. Right. Okay, I've just spent that. And I'm here on him. If I get him, what do I do there? So it's uh, it can be fun, but it, I mean, it can be it's it's interesting. Yeah, I can imagine. We're going to take a break from the action on Stock Talk Podcast because we have an important message from our great friends at the Murray State University Swine Unit. That's right, Murray State, from a personalized, real-world learning community to securing valuable internships and career networking opportunities that prepare students for a lifetime of success. Murray State University gets you where you want to go. Engage one-on-one with their faculty in their labs or work one-on-one with their five teaching farms. Are you kidding me? They've got five teaching farms, including the student-led and operated Showpig facility. The Swine Lab and Showpig operation at Murray State houses 30, count them, 30 sows dedicated exclusively to purebred and crossbred show pig production. But you won't find a farm manager there. Instead, they employ a team of student leaders who each oversee their piece of the farm's genetics, breeding, farrowing, marketing, sale management, and boar stud operations. Classes are offered in swine science, swine production, and individual swine practicums. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook at MSU Show Pigs, or visit their website at murraystate.edu slash swine unit. Murray State University, go get an education, not just a degree. Back to the conversation with Mr. Laird. So, uh, so Ted, Trevor and I often talked when we were, we were back in our junior college days about what it would be like to to own a boar stud or, you know, we have, have this dream of doing it. Um, so for those out there, obviously reality hit Trevor and I, uh, and, and, uh, probably just figured out that wasn't going to be the, the best option for us. But, you know, there are some folks out there that still have that dream. Uh, what, what advice do you give those guys? Um, well, one, you're going to, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, just to be honest, we got incredibly blessed or lucky. I mean, like I say, if, if either one, Superman or Bone Collector, don't turn out, you know, we're not sitting here. You're not wanting to talk to Ted. Ted <laughs> um, yeah, literally. I mean, it. it uh, but, uh, you know, my advice is kind of like with any business. I mean, number one, 
running any business is, is pretty all consuming. Um, um, so you gotta be, you know, do you have a stomach for that? Do you, you know, can you handle risk? Can you, you know, take setbacks? Can you be thinking ahead? So, uh, um, and, and you never have a day off, even if you're off, you're still thinking, you know, you know, with RC, you know, just what can go wrong? What's, what do I need to do next week? But anyway, um, so you got to have that. You got to, you got to know a stomach for business relatively pig or, or not. And, uh, um, after that relative did, you know, to the, to the pig side of it, um, again, you know, kind of with any, you want you need to get out there and you need to, you need to study, uh, everything you can possibly find. And, and if you're not one that, that, that naturally studied everything, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. From, from young on, you weren't obsessed with it. You're probably, you know, you might want to consider it, it a reconsider mm-hmm. heading down that path. Cause, uh, <laughs> yeah. Cause you gotta be all in. Um, so Number one, do you have the stomach for, or, you know, do you have the business acumen, uh, are you obsessed with it? Uh, then, then once you kind of think that, then you, you want to network with everybody you can, uh, you know, talk to every breeder or stud owner, feed company person, you know, and get every perspective of what makes their business go. Where do they see things? You know, how, what did they try that didn't work? What do they try that does work? Um, where they think it's headed? you know, what genetics have worked for them, why do they think they worked, why do they think certain lines don't work on certain lines, um, you know, what's been your history of, um, you know, marketing, and what do you see critical to, to uh, you know, making your business be successful, what are some decisions, decisions you, you do differently, so it's just, you know, and that, and that goes for any anything you want to be successful at, you gotta, you know, what what does it take? What's made people be get, be able to get to what level they are? And it it's been really eye opening. I guess I you know go off to the side a little bit is is uh, when we get to see you know the Cobbs and the and the the Weisingers and the Brennings and you know I'm not wanting to leave anybody out here. Alton Waters. I mean those guys are driven by the exact same thing from what I've seen that somebody wanting to win their county fair class is yeah, going to buy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they want to be known as someone who can produce great show pigs, you know what I mean? And, and I haven't met a one yet. I mean, I throw winners in there or win Texas and, you know, just tons of the guys like that. I mean, they work their tails off and they are out there every day and they know what's bred to what, and they know what's feral. And I mean, it's not, you know, I kind of envision, you know, like with Cobbs, I'd go down there and Steve and, Aaron would be sitting on a swing and, you know, and they'd be bossing people around. But I mean, they are, they are day to day. And yeah. that, you know, I can say that that goes anywhere I've been. I've yet to meet kind of a, you know, a plantation owner type of, <laughs> you know, where you just, you know, you just sit back and you send your henchmen out to do the chores for the day. Cause it, you know, just, there are very few people you can hire to have that level of deep, you know, detail and, and, and care that you need to put in to be successful. So huh. anyway, yeah. um, what was the question? <laughs> that was good. No, that's uh, no. so, so it's, it's so interesting to me because a lot of these guys that are involved in, in boar studs okay. or own yep. boar studs, yep. they, yep. 
you know, they, they all are extremely business savvy. You, you have to be, I mean, other than being addicted to, to show pigs, you know, yep. you, you got to understand yep. the business side of it. Uh, yep. What are, what's, you know, the history of Ted Laird before PBG, you know, um, yep. you know, what kind of things do you do to continue on the right path of being a smart businessman? Uh, so, well, um, and I guess I, I left that that part of the first question you just asked me about as far as where you want, you know, if you want to start a stud is the business side of it. I mean, this, the boar stud business has a pretty high, uh, uh barrier of oper or of entry, um, because banks value your hundred thousand dollar bore at $110 or whatever, <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever market prices. Yeah, their their actuary do not do not value you <laughs> at at anywhere. You know, I mean, like I say, it's literally twenty cents a pound. Uh, so, uh, in in our case, you know, I I and and with you know, if you talk to a lot of these guys, I mean, I mean, I I bet my entire four hundred one k, you know, second mortgage on the house and literally maxed out every credit card I had. And, and you, like I say, you talk to other guys, it's the same thing. So, um, and, and, uh, so the business side, I mean, if you've got some, some equity that comes, you know, if your family's got equity that, you know, you can walk into a bank and say, I need X thousand dollars. Uh, you know, that's obviously a, a major hurdle, uh-huh. but uh, it's just something you got to recognize that, it, you know, it's you know, like I say, it, it's like a lottery, but the, the minimum tickets, you know, five thousand uh, mm. dollars that you're rolling out every time. So, yeah. uh, you know, you just got to realize that uh, somehow you've got to you've got to bring that because, uh, at least in my experience, there's not a lot of banks interested in in funding a startup board study. Yeah, anyway, no, so that's I that imagine. Yeah. yeah. Now, speaking of businesses, uh, this is yeah. I always research the people we're going to have on here, so I found something interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you used to work as an engineer for Rolls Royce. Is that right? That is correct. Now that's just as yep. fascinating it's... to me because that does not smell like a pig pen. So what kind of made you <laughs> make the switch and from a, that prestigious job to own an abort stud? I wore a more prestigious job. <laughs> no. Um, well, um, I mean, I've always been obsessed with pigs. I mean, I, uh-huh. so that's always been there and, and I worked, uh, you know, obviously provide for my family, but every spare dime plus was spent on, on raising show pigs. Um, so that, that passion's always been there. Um, uh, what I, why I left, um, I guess, you know, kind of, kind of couple examples, my son, Jacob, uh, growing up, I mean, he studied, I mean, we used to do, you know, we'd drive in a car and we'd, you know, and, uh, on long trips and we'd say, you know, he'd say quiz me and we'd say, you know, literally like what's the third place York guild at center <laughs> type, what's she out of and who did she sell to? And I mean, that's what he did at his grandpa's house. That's what, I mean, that's just what he did. So, wow. uh, you know, um, so, you know, he had, he had always said he wanted to be a Borstead guy. I mean, just at, you know, and all of us looked up to, you know, Jim McCoy and, and, uh, lean value, Mary and, Brent Bowen and I mean Dick Keith Vincent and I mean all those guys were were idols for us and uh, 
So that's what he always wanted to be. He always wanted to be a Borstead guy. And, you know, I always told him, you know, there's more NFL quarterbacks than there are Borstead guys. Um, so you, you better have a plan B because <laughs> it is true. Because uh, there's just a handful, especially back then, there were, you know, there were hardly any. Um, but so uh, he always had that dream. And then my middle son, Nolan, just kind of another example, you know, he had a, oh, in like seventh grade or something, his teacher would, uh, always have a thing she would do, you know, where do you want to be when you're 25? And, and his was on a, on a board stud with his brothers. So, huh. um, so Jake was graduating and, uh, like I say, we kind of lucked into the Superman thing and, and then we jumped a bone collector and, you know, we, uh, we were going to do it on the side and, and then it just grew exponentially to the point where I had to be here. Huh. I mean, at that point, like for our first three or four years, I had, you know, Jake was like, well, 23 when he graduated, so 23 to 25, and then Garrett Cole, who I, who we hired there that first year, was, you know, he was 24, 25. So you know, I had, I had two sub 25 year old guys running, you know, a fairly major bore stud, you know. So uh, and they did, they did a tremendous job. They just got to the point where we, you know, I had to had to either be here or not. So you know, Rose Royce was incredible. If you had that job, it was the probably one of the most amazing jobs uh, you could have uh, with developing gas turbine engines uh, is what I did there. Huh. So uh, it was an awesome place. I worked with awesome people, had an awesome team. And yeah. I think those guys, but uh, love what we do. Somebody actually told me that at Expo or something like that. It was just one of those random, hey, did you know he used to work for Rolls Royce? I said, no way. Mm. <laughs> Here he is yeah. buying more. So. Yeah. <laughs> No, I I yeah, found that to be cool. Most people think it's the car company, but we made we made uh, turbine engines so for aircraft. So, huh. uh, yeah, that's what that's what I did. And like I say, if you gotta have a job, it's a it's a great one. But you know, this was an opportunity to to eat, to work the family and work in something you love to do. And uh, it's just kind of grown here. Now we've got you know all four of my kids work here full time. Uh, uh, my wife helps, and uh, so. You know, it's just, it, it's kind of really fun. And, you know, just kind of like today, for example, Jake just had his first daughter or my first grandchild, his daughter Sutton here about a month or so ago. And, you know, huh. his, his wife just brings him down and we're all holding her and, you know, I mean, passing her around for the five minutes we can. And so it's just kind of, kind of one of those things you dream about being able to happen. And one we're grateful for every day that we can, we can, enjoy those kind of side benefits to this deal no doubt yeah so that's that's why i jumped that's why i jumped to what i did and don't blame you one bit <laughs> there you go yeah well uh i know rolls royce uh it, it's a it's a multi-faceted company and and though mm-hmm. people people recognize it for being the car company that it is mm-hmm. uh you yeah. know they do a lot of different cool stuff so speaking of car companies yeah. We got another segment. Social Smash. Hey, I tried. Brought to you by Brad Halford. Social Smash. If you ever get into a fender bender, maybe you happen to smash your vehicle, you could visit Brad Halford in Kokomo, Indiana. It's time to upgrade to a new truck to cruise into that next show. We got a whole summer season coming up. Tax season's upon us. Get yourself a nice little ride off by yourself. In there your you truck go. Brad Halford. Award-winning yeah. customer service leads you in the right direction on your next vehicle purchase. 
Ted, this is one of my favorite segments also because uh, we call it Social Smash just because there's been a lot of pet peeves of our own that we see on social media, but we can open it up to the industry as a own. What pet peeves do you have? Oh, what I love about it, I'll start there, is, is <laughs> to see people's excitement and it allows people to, you know, show, you know, where they've had success, mm-hmm. uh, show off the breeding stock. Uh, and just kind of build excitement for it. So uh, I love. Well, you you, you went real Dan Hogue on us on that one. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> just bring just bringing out the positive things first. Let's. I like yeah, it. yeah. So I guess the easy opposite of that is is anything that that uh, discourages people from doing that. Uh, and and I guess two particular examples I would give are, you know, and I'll probably get some guys mad at me but you know uh people kind of make fun of people that put baby pig pictures up and uh you know i i want every baby pig picture you can put up on my on my facebook page and i love seeing them because you know if you're not excited about when your pigs are born then you might want to check what you're doing you know and i know you know as we get bigger as bigger breeders that, you know, we can kind of maybe become a little callous to that, but I can certainly tell you that, uh, a significant number of our boars, uh, those breeders tell us, you know, I knew that one was great the minute we was born. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I guess two sides of that. I do think, you know, the vast majority of, of great pigs are great and you know, it real quick, uh, and not that they don't go through stages and not that some of them don't turn out, but the, but the ones that end up being great are usually, usually great. I know in our case, you know, probably the best pig we ever bred was a gilt that we sold to Alton Waters that won grand overall out there, Western regional. And I mean, we knew, we knew immediately mm. that she was rock star good. And like I say, some of them don't turn out, but generally it doesn't very rarely does it go the other way. You right. know what I mean? That one you right. think is pretty yeah. average or, <laughs> you know, that's an okay pig turns out being, you know, the next visionary or, mm. or whatever. But, uh, so, you know, I, I guess I don't, I don't see any downside to that and I don't see any reason to, to, uh, to, uh, discourage those people from showing those. I mean, anything that gets you excited and, and makes you happy and, and, uh, uh, is a positive for the industry is, is something I like. Uh, I guess that'd be the other side is, you know, some guys that just want to rehash why in like the old days and, and these pigs wouldn't produce and they won't, you know, they don't have the rate of gain. And, you know, I just, you know, I, very, 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 I don't know if we've ever sold a dose that's, that's gone to, you know, to make a pig that, that any of the major commercial hog farms want to use uh, so <laughs> yep. it's just not it's just not the industry we're in you know if you've got a passion for that industry pursue it but i don't know why you got to tear down the industry we've got right now yeah that well if know, we were breeding the same hogs we were in the 80s things would be right. a little bit boring <laughs> right and we will breed the same hogs in 20 years that we're breeding now right but, yeah you know it, it, we're, we're an entertainment industry and that's heresy to some people but that's that's what we that's what we're in. We're, we, and we talk about it all the time. I mean, we, we breed several thousand sows a year, uh, through our boar stud and every one of the, almost every one of those is, is the start to somebody's dream. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, 
what we sell and that's that's pretty sobering for us and it we uh take that very seriously and uh but you know that that's what we we sell like that dream could just be making the the great a great guilt in the off season or it can be trying mm-hmm. to breed the the grand overall at Louisville. so yeah um so i i i just uh you know i i like everything to be as positive as we can there's lots of positives out there uh things that are thriving the demand for high quality uh, show pigs is you know i've never seen any higher than i've seen it this year and that's i'd say that for the last five years I and mean, yeah. it just keeps keeps ramping up so yeah i think there's enough positives to talk about that uh, and there, there's challenges for sure. I mean, uh, but uh, and we need to talk about those. But but I don't think we need to do it by tearing down others that are yeah. excited. So no doubt. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so this may be a hard question. Might be an easy question. I don't know. Uh, but but what is your absolute favorite boar to date, hmm. and why? Um. Obviously, that's like picking your favorite child. But, uh, <laughs> I won't ask you to but, do that. Uh, there you go. Um, I would say it's got to be Bone Collector. Yeah. Because um, Bone Collector made Bone Thug and Bone Collector made Visionary. And um, if you look at the effect they've had on just not us, but uh, but what those Bone Collector sons and what especially what those bone collector and bone thug and visionary daughters are doing Mm. um is just pretty uh impressive to us and uh, something we're really proud of the uh you know if you look at our boar stud i mean we point this out at the open house but uh i mean a significant number of our boars are are uh out of visionary dams and uh you know i just think it's a you know there are there are lines of hogs that 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 are made to succeed and made to thrive and made to produce good stock and I think uh, it all you know at least at our place a lot of it uh, goes back to back to bone collector. I would have so. if I had to guess that would have been a front runner that I would have guessed that you would have said. Now do you uh, do you raise many of your own boars to keep in your stud? Uh, we raise we've raised some uh, really good ones a mogul. Uh, oh yeah, was a extremely popular boar that we raised uh, with a sow we bought from Sandals or with Sandals. Uh, um, we've raised some some Berkshire boars um, that have been good. Um, oh, we've got a couple of uh, checkmate boars uh, that we we've, we've got on feed right now that we we're really high on. Um, so, so certainly the intent of, and especially recently with our guilt purchases yeah, uh, and, and all of our guilt purchases basically are, are to make boars. I mean, we like to the, the show pig side. We're definitely focused on that, but, but in the end, uh, uh, those, uh, guilts can get paid for real quick with, with a, with a really good boar. Oh, you so, bet. <laughs> yeah. So certainly something we're, we're, uh, we've done in the past and looking to do for, you know, uh, certainly into the future so good deal well so you can't you, know, you can't get narrowed in on that i mean that, I, <laughs> right a hole you can a hole you can run down real quick thinking thinking you've got the one every time so uh something we uh obviously keep a keep an eye on that we don't get uh barn blind on that kind of thing right right so so the age-old question 
a debate brought up in many show barns is what's the best boar of all time. Uh, mm. What what's that one for you? Mm. Well, let's go crossbred. Well, what's the best crossbred boar of all time? In Ted Laird's eyes, uh, lots of great ones, and uh, but I think uh, start with uh, one hundred five seven two. Uh, obviously laid a tremendous foundation, lots of places. Um, oh, some of the other ones, uh, you know, just kind of cover the ones in, that uh, I've seen be influential. Bear, uh, obviously mm-hmm. laid a great foundation, super monster, uh, probably the most impressive uh, crossbore I got to see in person. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dirty Secret, obviously, lately. Uh, had an incredible run. What a shame he didn't get to live longer. Yeah, I know. I know. But lots of great sons. I mean, that's uh, some incredible sons out there for sure. Uh, Pistol Pete, I mean, that thing kind of changed a lot of the game. Bo Cephas, Tybo, Dominant, Dirty Secret, uh, or I said the Best Man. Uh, Obviously, Hillbilly Bones had a huge impact here lately. Yeah. Uh, swagger in his day lately, fatal attraction. So, uh, I'd say, you know, go on to say probably my favorite boar I ever saw in a ring, uh, which I'm a hamp guy, but uh, when the Ritz rocked in in Indiana, that was kind of the, the crowd just got real quiet because uh, things, had, things had changed. Uh, <laughs> they knew something was up. They knew things had changed. So, yeah, something was up. So, but anyway, and, and that's obviously outside my own boars because I think some of some we've had. Uh, uh, a pretty pretty special and played out well so anyway that's uh would kind of be some of my thoughts and i hope i haven't left out something that i that i should and the boys will probably yell at me about something so, uh, <laughs> keep you in line uh, so, yeah. it's 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 there the age-old question you know it's you know we yeah. debated this many times in the judging vans and and in barns yeah. looking at looking at hogs yeah. and stuff so yeah i love it so anyway, that's that would kind of be the ones I can think of off the top of my head here. Well, uh, yeah. we've appreciated your time so far, Ted. We have a little over an hour already. It seems like it hadn't been that long. Oh, but uh, we'll, uh, cl- we always close up with the last question that uh, we ask all of our guests. And, and that question is, where do you see the show stock industry in five years? Um, I mean, this is something I think about most of the day um because it's our future um i i think um the national shows the upper end i think that will continue to thrive on its own i mean i think we'll have to nurture it but i think that that's the easiest part of it i think um the county fair level uh i mean it's just natural tendency that that you know less and less people are in agriculture so less and less people have access to barns, you know what I mean? Right. So, uh, so I think that's the side of it that we're going to have to continue to, to really work on. I like something Kevin went said, I think it was at expo this year that, you know, we all need to go try to find one person, you know what I mean? Each one of us, if each one of us could do that every five years, then we, you know, this thing could really explode. Yep. Uh, but, uh, so that's that's our. I think we're going to have to really put a lot of work into it at a grassroots level to keep that base, because mm-hmm. um, that base is what keeps most of us in 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 the business. Um, 
and I and I I wonder. My speculation would be maybe we'll see a Texas uh, um, FFA barn school led kind of thing. Maybe. Yeah, uh, I would love I would love to, to see that in the Midwest. To, to bring that up to the Midwest, where you you know the school has the barn and advisors that plays a plays a major role. Family is obviously still huge, but uh, it gives kids the chance that don't have a barn or a family that's directly involved uh, the opportunity. I mean, if you there be down, I mean, so it, you know the FFA advisors like a coach, a basketball coach. I mean, yeah. it's pretty it's interesting to watch down there to see. Uh, I mean, they are they run a tight ship and you do what they say and. And it kind of two ounces of this, you go do two ounces of this. And, yeah, and it kind of goes along with their so, coursework too. They go a lot of nutrition classes along with the livestock they have in them barns, and obviously, yeah. uh, you know everything that goes into feeding yeah. and owning livestock. It's part of their schooling, so I think that's a right awesome idea. Yeah, so I I think that's one one thing that can you know we might see more up here in the Midwest as as less and less kids are directly and their parents directly involved in agriculture. Maybe that could be some way we continue to do that but uh you know t- so uh, i guess i i i think uh like I say the elite's going to be the elite i guess from a uh and we're going to need to work on the grassroots i think from a breeder perspective it's already trending this way but uh but uh providing a a relationship beyond just i sold you a pig to mm-hmm. you know i mean i'm gonna give you follow-ups i'm gonna come do visits or i'm gonna have somebody else come do visits i'm gonna you know, I'm going to give you all the feed vaccination recommendations you need, review videos and stuff like that. I think that's, I think the guys that lock into that will, will uh, have a huge advantage over, you know, thinking, you know, I make great ones and they'll, they'll come get them and, and that'll be the, the end of my side of the deal. So I that is one thing. That a bunch. I mean, if, if those guys, I don't care how many sows you own, if you have somebody that you can go to, to ask questions or, I mean, yeah. I work for LVS now and that's all I do is I'm on the road talking to these people, selling semen, but mainly they're just a guy that they can ask questions to. And man, if you just gain their trust one time, you've got mm-hmm. that connection from there on out. So that rings very, very mm-hmm. true to me. That's uh I yep. I appreciate yep. that also. Yep. Well, Ted, I appreciate it. Yep. This has been an, another awesome uh, opportunity for us to talk to another great industry mind. And uh, without sharing too many of your boar buying secrets, I appreciate you opening up the books <laughs> a little bit. So, uh, hey, I we hope ap- I got secrets. <laughs> yeah. Well, we appreciate it, and uh, good luck with uh, the fairing seasons coming up. And uh, we look forward to getting this out to everybody. All right. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, guys. Hopefully uh, somebody will find something useful out of it or at least be entertained. I already have. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Ted. All right. Take care, guys. You too. Well, again, Corey, uh, just another awesome opportunity for us to be able to uh, listen to a, a really, really good industry mind. So, hey, guys. Don't forget, keep sending in your topics from a hat and your social smashes. We do read those, although we don't really put them on here. Corey and I really like to hear your social smashes. And always the topics from a hat. Um, So with that being said, we are going to close out here. We've enjoyed our time with Ted Laird. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms. We've got a facelift, Corey. We have a brand new website that our uh, 
good friends there. Uh, Kim West, shout out to her. She did a fantastic job redoing our sure website. Did. So go to stocktalk-podcast.com, see what we're up to. And we will be at the North American November 18th, immediately following the Senior College Critique for a live episode with Brian Arnold. For now, folks, keep tuning in. Keep sharing the word. We love each and every one of you. This has been another edition of Stock Talk. I gotta go.